Yeah. God loves you so much. And maybe you feel like you're going under. You're just trying to stay afloat. It just feels like you're trying not to drown. But I want you to know, God wants to rescue you. In the middle of the problems, God wants to build you up and bless you. And we're gonna look at that today. So I want us to bow our heads because God is a personal and powerful word for each of us. Dear God, I know that you're here right now and, and you love us so much. And I pray that you just sweep us away in your love and in so doing, sweep away our fears, our anxieties, our uncertainties, and fill us with your peace. And Lord, I pray for everyone within the sound of my voice, everyone here at the Woodlands campus, our Itascacita campus, everyone at our online campus, and our broadcast ministry, wherever they are in the world, that you would speak a personal word to them, a personal life-changing word, and we know you will through your word. Lord, I can't change one life, but you can change every one of us through your life-changing word. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. It seems there is one thing for certain these days, and that is we live in very uncertain times. You see, there's a lot to be uncertain about today. There's a lot of economic uncertainty with inflation going through the roof for the first time in years. And the United States' influence on the world stage seems to be waning as our nation is more divided than ever. And there's huge uncertainty about what's next in the war that Russia is waging in Ukraine. As an unpredictable madman targets hospitals and civilians and threatens nuclear war and millions of refugees are leaving combat zones just looking for safety. And there's so much uncertainty all over the world. The oppressive Taliban regime is back in power in Afghanistan. The Chinese government is again destroying churches and persecuting Christians. And rogue nations like Iran and North Korea are on the verge of attaining nuclear weapons. And the UN estimates because of COVID-19, drought and war, that it's brought famine and food insecurity to 41 million people worldwide. And as you look out over the horizon, it seems there is so much to fear about the future. There was a time in the Old Testament when God's people were very uncertain. They were very confused. They were fearing the future because they didn't know what was going to happen next. They were in captivity in Babylon, and it seemed there was so much to be uncertain about. They had so much fear about the future because they didn't know what was gonna happen next. But God spoke to them through the prophet Jeremiah, and he said, you don't have to be afraid of the future because I'm already there. You see, God's not limited by time and space. He's in the past, present, and future all at the same time. And God said, you don't have to be afraid of the future because I'm already there preparing a way for you. And that's what God says to you today. It seems there's so much to fear about the future, but God says, you don't have to fear the future because I'm already there preparing a way for you. Well, I want us to look at Jeremiah chapter 29 because through the prophet Jeremiah, God reveals his plan for the nation of Israel. 
but God also in this passage reveals his personal plan for you and me. Now embedded in this passage is one of the most famous promises in scripture. You may be familiar with it in Jeremiah 29, but usually we don't study the verses before and after this promise. We don't know the premise that goes with the promise, but today we're gonna look at the whole passage. And we're gonna start with Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. So would you stand in honor of God's word, Woodlands Church, and, and just follow along with me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. You can be seated. God says, I know the future. I'm already there, and I have a hope-filled future for you if you step into my plan. If I'm going to find strength in these uncertain times, I need to look at Jeremiah 29 because this passage tells us the secret to finding peace when I'm facing the future. In Jeremiah 28, 29, eight and nine, it says, yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. In Jeremiah's day, the people were listening to all these wrong voices. There were all these false prophets out there that were lying to the people. They said they were speaking for God, but they were false prophets, and they were saying, we got great news for you because God is gonna bring us all back to the promised land right away, and God is gonna destroy the Babylonians, our enemy, right away. And everything is gonna be amazing. There's not gonna be any problems in our future because we'll be back in the promised land. We're not gonna have any problems. Everything's gonna be perfect in the future. It's gonna be smooth sailing. And so there's nothing that we need to be afraid of. But God speaks to the true prophet Jeremiah. And he says, all these other voices, tune them out because... They're saying that you're gonna have no more problems and you'll have a perfect future. Pack your bags immediately because we're going back to the promised land and the enemy's gonna be destroyed right away. It's not true. God says, those are lies. It's not true. And when it comes to the future, we hear so many voices out there saying all kinds of things. From everything's gonna be perfect to doom and gloom, there are all these so-called experts out there that are always saying their opinions. But if you really wanna know what's gonna happen in the future, there's only one voice that matters and that's God's voice, God's word. We have to trust God's word over what the world says. We have to trust God's word over man's opinion. We have to trust Christ over the culture. You see, God said to the people, all these voices are telling you 
that immediately everything's going to be okay. And we're going to go back to the promised land right away. And that I'm going to defeat your enemy right away. And he said, it's not true. But then God goes on to say, in 70 years, I'm going to defeat the enemy. And in 70 years, I'm going to bring you back to the promised land. I promise I will fulfill my promise. But right now, I'm going to build you up, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to do miracles in your life right here, right now, while you're surrounded by the enemy in a foreign land. Then in 70 years, I'm going to destroy the enemy and bring you back to the promised land. Folks, that really speaks to me about what's going on in our world today, because we're not in heaven yet. We're not in that perfect promised land yet. We're living in a foreign land. That's why we always have an ache in our heart that tomorrow may be better than today, that something is always missing. And that's because you were made for another land. You're living in a foreign land. And that's why you have that ache in your heart. We're not in heaven yet, but one day we will be in the promised land. We will be in heaven where there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more war, no more sickness, no more death. The promised land awaits us, but we're not there yet. We're in a foreign land. But God is saying today, don't worry about the future because I'm gonna watch over you and I'm gonna build you up. I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna work miracles in your life while you're surrounded by the enemy in a foreign land. That's what God says. God says, I'm gonna build you up right where you are and then one day I'm gonna bring you to the promised land, the home where you belong, the home where your heart longs to be. But the people of Israel wanted God's will, but they wanted it their way and in their time. You see, it was God's will to destroy the enemy and to bring them into the promised land, but it wasn't God's time. And they wanted God's will their way and their time. And oftentimes, I want God's will for my future, but I want it my way. I want to tell God how to do it. I want to help God out. I want to help God do his will my way, how I want him to do it and when I want him to do it. And God doesn't work that way. God says, I have a plan. You can join me in my plan. God's word is the truth, and that's why I have to look to God's word rather than any other voice. I just need one voice. In Isaiah 48, it says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. God's word, God's truth stands forever. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I have to trust God's word over man's opinion, which is always changing. I have to trust God's unchanging word over what the culture says that's always changing. I have to trust God's unchanging word over popular opinion that's always changing. I have to trust Christ over the culture. And Jesus had a lot to say about the future. In Matthew, Jesus talks about the signs of the times leading up to the end and to his return. And he says, don't be surprised there's gonna be wars and rumors of wars. There's gonna be diseases and pandemics. There's gonna be 
earthquakes and famine, but don't be surprised by those things. And then he says, Christians will be persecuted in the last days. Did you know over 150,000 Christ followers were martyred last year for their faith? That's five times more than a century ago. More Christ followers are being martyred for their faith today than at any other time. We just don't think about it because we have freedom of religion here, but in many of the communist countries and Muslim countries, it's against the law to profess your faith in Jesus and be baptized. And so Christians are being persecuted today. All these things are happening that Jesus said would happen, but he said, don't be surprised by them. Don't freak out by them. These are just the labor pains, the beginning of the end. But then he said, there's one big sign, one big sign that you need to look for. The gospel will be preached to the entire world, and then the end will come. And then I'll return. I get asked a lot these days with all the craziness in the world today, Pastor, are we living in the last days? And the answer is yes, we're living in the last days. The Bible teaches that because over the last 2,000 years, we've been living in the last days. Once Christ died, rose again, and ascended to heaven, that started the last days according to Scripture or the church age. And so, yes, we're living in the last days. We have been for the last 2,000 years. The real question is, are we living in the last days of the last days? And Jesus gives us here some signs to look at, but he says, don't freak out about that. That's just the labor pains. But he tells us that the big sign, the big sign, the gospel will be preached to the whole world, and that word literally means people groups all over the world will hear the gospel, and then Christ will return. And by the way, if a pastor or a so-called prophet or a theologian tells you they've calculated the date for when Christ is going to return, when the end will come, and, and they give you a date, you can be sure he's not coming on that date. You can be sure of that, Scripture says. That's the only date you can be sure of that he's not coming. So it may help you in that way. You look at it, oh, he's not coming on that day, so... That's because the scripture says clearly that no one knows the day or the hour except for God the Father. And so we don't know. It's not for us to know that date and, and that time. But we are to look for the big sign. The gospel will be preached to the entire world. Then the end will come. And because of technology, you're living in the first generation in all of human history when that's possible. I mean, right now, this Messages going out all over the world. Our broadcast ministry goes out all over the world. Our online ministry goes out all over the world. Because of technology, you're living in the first generation where Christ could come back today. What an amazing time to be alive. You know, a lot of people today, a lot of Christ followers, look at the world today and say, man, everything's awful, it's terrible, it's awful, it's bad. And yes, in a sense, that is so true, but it's the most exciting time in the history of the world to be alive. I am so grateful that God put me on the planet at this time. And he put you on the planet at this time for a reason, for a purpose. The most exciting time in all of history to be alive where Christ could come back today. But then Jesus went on to say, hey, listen up. 
Here's what's gonna happen in the future. I can tell you exactly what's gonna happen in the future. Jesus told them there'll be two tracks. One track, things will get a lot worse. There'll be more problems, there'll be more pain, there'll be more evil. There'll be more people that turn away from God and God's word and God's way. But there'll be a second track where things will be amazing. There'll be a great awakening where millions of people will turn to Christ. There'll be great blessings for Christ followers. There'll be great miracles where marriages that have been torn apart will be restored, where families that have been fractured will come back together, where God will give his blessings and his strength in uncertain times to Christ followers. He'll give his power and his provision in amazing ways to bless us and build us up right in a foreign land. That's why Jesus said in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus said, don't let anyone fool you. You're gonna have problems. There's gonna be pain. There's gonna be difficulties. There's gonna be sorrow in this world. You're not in heaven yet, but I'm gonna give you peace right in the middle of the problems. And there's no problem that you will face in your future that I haven't already overcome. Did you get that? There's no problem that you will ever face in your future that Christ hasn't already overcome. And you will face pain and heartache. You will face difficulties beyond measure at times. But there's no problem you'll ever face in your future that Christ hasn't already overcome and will give you the power to overcome. You will get through it with his power and his strength and his blessing. Well, let's get back to Jeremiah 29. Verse four says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters, increase in number there, do not decrease. So God is telling his people here, don't let your fears about the future keep you from living in the present. God is saying, don't wait until everything is perfect before you really live. Because if you wait until everything is perfect before you really live, you'll never really live because you're not in the promised land yet. One day, I'm gonna bring you to the promised land, but you're not there yet, so what I want you to do is I want you to be settled in your heart. And I wanna bless you and build you up right where you are. And I want you to join me in my building process. I want you to build others up. I want you to build your family up. I want you to be an encourager, a people builder. And I want to build you up and bless you. See, the people of Israel weren't living in the present moment. And they were missing the miracle in the moment that God wanted to give them. They were believing the lie that God was going to immediately bring them back to the promised land and destroy all their enemies And so they were saying, there's no reason to settle down here because God is getting ready to make everything perfect in our future. So we're gonna wait until everything is perfect before we do anything. They were so consumed with the future that they were unsettled in the present. They weren't settled, they weren't trusting God. They were thinking, hey, it's gonna be perfect. 
So it's really bad here right now. So we can't enjoy this moment. We can't live in this moment. But God says, and he says this to us today, stop waiting until everything is perfect before you start really living. God says, right in the middle of your problems and difficulties and trials, I want you to experience life. I want you to experience my blessing. I want you to experience peace. I want you to experience joy. I want you to really live all out because this is your one and only life here on this earth. But we get stuck in what I call the someday syndrome. We say, someday, when I get through this problem, I'm gonna really enjoy life. Someday, when this circumstance changes, then I'm really gonna experience peace. I'm really gonna just be connected to God and others. We say someday when things settle down, I'll really focus on my relationships. Who are we fooling? Do you really believe still that things are gonna settle down in your life? Things will never settle down, this is life. Things on this earth will never settle down. You know, when, when I'm not so busy someday, when I'm not so busy, uh, then I'll really live for God. Do you really think things are gonna slow down? Do you really think things are gonna settle down? Things aren't gonna settle down, but you can be settled in your heart with God's peace and God's strength, and you can be living all out for God, and you can really live. But most of us, we keep saying, someday, 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 someday we're gonna really live. Someday we're gonna do what God tells us to do. Someday we're gonna trust God with all our heart. When are we gonna wake up to the fact that this is our life? This is your life. Right here, right now, on this day. It's painful, it's beautiful, it's messy, it's miraculous. It's exhilarating, it's crowded, it's chaotic, and it's fulfilling all at the same time. This is your life. When are we gonna live? We're always waiting to live. We're always waiting for everything to be perfect before you really live. And if you're waiting for everything to be perfect before you really live, you will never really live. And God says, today is your someday. It's all we have. The miracle is in this moment. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 34, so don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow. Live one day at a time. God works his miracles in this moment. Today is your someday, so don't let your fears about the future keep you from really living in the present. God says, I want you to build. I want you to become the person I've called you to be. I want you to really live. I want you to build others up. I want you to build my kingdom. I want you to be settled in your heart. And sure, I want you to live in the light of eternity because I'm gonna fulfill that promise. If you're a Christ follower, I'm gonna bring you to heaven one day. But I want you to bring some heaven to earth today. I want you to focus on bringing some heaven to earth today. Let's get back to Jeremiah 29. In verse 12, God says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God says, you can bring your worries about the future to me, and you can seek me and surrender control to me. See, the reason we get anxious and worried about the future is because we're trying to control something that's totally uncontrollable. And whenever you try to control the uncontrollable, you're gonna be filled with worry. 
you're gonna be filled with anxiety. The future's uncontrollable, folks. You got all these future experts that tell us what the future's gonna be like, but they don't know. Nobody can tell you what the stock market is gonna do tomorrow. Nobody can tell you for sure who's gonna win or lose that game. Nobody can tell you what the future holds, but I can tell you who holds the future, and that's Jesus Christ. And when I surrender control of what is uncontrollable for me, then I know it's in his control. And all the worry in the world won't change it. All the worry about my past can't change the past. All the worry about the future can't control the future. All it can do is just mess up today and make me miss out on the miracle that's in the moment right now that God wants to give me. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now he says, don't worry about anything. Anything, isn't that amazing? Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Now some of you are really good worriers. I mean, you worry about everything. You worry about every detail in your life. You worry about the big things. You worry about the small things. And when you're not worried, you get really worried that you're not worried because something must be really wrong. You just worry, worry, worry. And I want you to know that is unhelpful and it's unhealthy and it doesn't change a thing. But here's the great news. If you're a great worrier, you can be a great prayer. Did you know that? Yeah, don't get down on yourself because you worry so much. Just ask God to forgive you and take those worries and turn them into prayers. Now, all the studies show that the higher your IQ, the more you tend to worry. So some of you think that you're really trusting God and it may not be that at all. Some of you like, you know, yeah, I'm not worried about anything and it may not be because you're such a strong Christian. And the good news is you didn't get that joke. So that's great. We'll move on. But here's the thing. It's really dumb to worry. I don't care how high your IQ is. You're really dumb if you worry. But here's the thing, and I like to put it this way. I've shared this with you before. I have a worry basket. And in my worry basket, I, I can really worry and get anxious. I have a lot of worries. But here's the great thing. When a worry comes into my mind... I can take that worry and I can pray about it and go, God, I can't do anything about this, but you can. So I surrender it to your control and I ask you to work in the situation and do what you want. And I pray about it and I move it to my prayer basket. And then about a minute later, that worried thought comes back to my mind. And then I can pray about it again. And a few minutes later, it comes back to my mind. I can pray about it again. And soon all of the worries in my worry basket become prayers in my prayer basket. And by the way, Satan who puts those worried thoughts in your mind, he'll stop doing that if you keep praying about it. He doesn't want you to pray about it, and God does. God wants you to pray about everything. And that's why he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Everything means every little thing in your life. A lot of Christ followers won't pray about the little things because they think that's being selfish. But God says, if you're worried about it, I want you to pray about it because I don't want you to worry about it because you miss out on the moment and the miracles I wanna give you. And so everything, God cares about every little thing. 
We ought to be praying for those huge things like the people in Ukraine and the Christ followers. And we have connections with many pastors there in Kiev and Lviv and all these places that we're talking to and praying with and communicating with that are staying and ministering to their churches. We need to pray for those huge things. But God cares about every little detail of your life. If you're worried about it, God cares about it. He says, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And then tell God what you need. Just tell him. He knows what you need, but he wants you to tell him so that you see that he's taking care of you. And then it says, thank him for all he's done. This is a, a missing ingredient in our culture today, gratitude. You know, we just expect God to do great things for us, and we take them for granted, and we just take others for granted. And, and we don't write those little thank you notes anymore, and we don't tell people, thank you, I really appreciate you, and so many people in your life that have made such a difference in your life, you've never really thanked properly. You ought to do that this week. Gratitude opens the door for God's blessings. Thank him for all he has done. And that says, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. Then when you do these three things, you have a peace that you can't even understand. A peace in the middle of the chaos. You have God's peace, a supernatural peace that you can't create, that God gives you from the inside out. And then it says, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I love that because as we talked last week about Paul writing Philippians from a prison cell, chained to two guards. Then he uses that language and says, if you do these things, then God himself will be your guards. He will guard your heart and your mind. He will guard you and protect your heart and mind so that that peace stays in your life as you live in Christ Jesus. Did you know the root of the English word for worry means to strangle or choke? And that's what worry does. It takes a stranglehold on your life. It takes a stranglehold on your present. And it keeps you from experiencing God's blessings. It chokes the joy and the peace and the life out of you. and keeps you from living today. But God gives us the answer. Take those worries from your worry basket. Put them in the prayer basket and you watch God work, and then you thank him for what he's doing in your life, and you have an attitude of gratitude, and then he's gonna guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. See, I need to understand that God cares about my future. God cares about your future. And here's the famous promise, Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Notice God says, for I know the plans. God knows the future. God knows his plan for your life. And he says, I know the plans I have for you. He has a personal plan for you. He has a plan for the world, and he has a personal plan for you in that plan that he has for the world. Isn't that amazing? God has a plan, a blueprint for your future. And he says, this plan is to prosper you. Now, many people think of the word prosper as meaning financial wealth, financial advancement, but that word in the Hebrew literally means wisdom, the wisdom to make good decisions, the ability to make wise decisions, and that's what you need more than 
financial prosperity, you need the wisdom to make good decisions in these very uncertain times. The wisdom to be certain that you're in God's will because the safest place you could ever be in these uncertain times is in the middle of God's will. And God will give you the ability to make wise decisions, to tune out all the voices, to tune into him and make wise decisions so he can build you and bless you and strengthen you in these uncertain times. But then understand that God cares about your future, but he also controls the future. God is still in control in Isaiah 46, 9. God says, remember the things I've done in the past. That's a good thing. So I'm not as afraid of the future when I'm remembering, hey, God's brought me here. Somehow God's got me through. Somehow God's always come through. For I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. See, God has a plan, and it looks like that everything's in chaos today. Everything's spinning out of control, but God is still in control. God still has a plan. God is in control of the future. No madman can keep God's plan from coming to pass. No problem in your life can keep God's purpose from coming to pass. God is working underneath the surface and it's all working according to his plan. And he has a plan for you. Now, I think one of the important things about moving into the future that will help you so much is not just to realize that God cares about your future and has a plan. God's still in control and you can surrender control to him because you can't control the future. But if you shift a little bit from being reactive to being proactive, it makes a huge difference. You see, when you're always looking at the news feed and just being reactive to it and filling your mind and heart with all the craziness and the scary things in the world today, you need to shift from that and stop looking at your news feed all the time and start getting into God's word. Yes, keep up with what's going on so you can pray, but don't just keep going back to that over and over again because you'll find no answers there. You'll find no strength there. Go to God's word. So you make that little shift. And then you shift from just being fearful to being helpful. Because whenever you have a problem, whenever you see a problem in your life, you wanna start thinking, hey, there are other people that have this that are going through this pain, maybe I can help them. Maybe I can help them. And you step out and you start getting into the ministries at Woodlands Church, helping hurting people. And maybe you have what I call a holy disturbance. A holy disturbance is when you get really mad at something. Something going on in the world today, evil going on in the world. You get really mad about something and God puts that holy disturbance in you, that righteous anger, so that you'll do something about it. You'll pray about it and you'll get involved. That's how many of our ministries started at Woodland Church. I know our anti-human trafficking ministry started that way. A couple people got really mad about what was going on, about the evil that was going on. And Houston is one of the top cities for human trafficking in the States. And so we started our anti-human trafficking ministry, taking women out of human trafficking, rescuing them. And it's been amazing what God has done. But it all started with some holy anger just getting ticked off at the evil in the world today. And maybe God's put that in you instead of just holding it in, you need to get involved in one of our ministries to make a difference in those areas. Shift from being reactive to proactive. 
and start building people up. Start being the encourager. You need encouragement. People around you need encouragement. And you become a people builder during this time. And you will shine like a star at midnight. You will shine. The love of Jesus will shine through you. This is the greatest time in the history of the world to be alive. Look at Hebrews 10, 24. Let us be concerned for one another to help one another to show love and to do good. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more since you see that the day of the Lord is coming nearer. Saying since we know the day of the Lord is coming nearer, we need to be more encouraging, more joyful, more helpful, more serving, more giving, more being the light to people to bring the light of Jesus Christ because the light shines brightest when it's darkest. And people can look at you and see that you've got something they don't have. They're worried, they're fearful, they're anxious, and they look and they see you have peace in the middle of it. And they'll want what you have. And so we're to be the people builders. You can be a bodybuilder, you can be a home builder, you can be a retirement nest egg builder, you can build up your stocks, you can build up your wealth, but the greatest thing you could ever be is a people builder. And that's what we're to be is a people builder during this time to show the love of Christ and the joy of Christ. We ought to be the happiest people on the face of the earth because God's gonna take care of us here on this earth in the middle of uncertain times and then we get to go to heaven, the perfect place. The worst thing can happen to you is you die and go to heaven. That's a pretty good deal. We ought to be the happiest people on the face of the earth. We also ought to be the maddest people on the face of the earth about injustice and evil and heartache and pain, and we ought to be right in the middle of it, being healing agents to this hurting world. God wants you to be filled with joy. God wants you to enjoy life right now. God wants you to be the joyful people. God wants you to be the people builders. God wants us to stand up and be the light in this dark world, but we can't do that if we're cowering in fear. It's time to banish fear and to step out in faith. Do you believe that, Woodlands Church? Let's thank Jesus Christ who controls the future, and he has a personal, powerful plan for your life. Dear God, we come before you, and we just thank you for your love for us. And I pray right now for those that haven't received you into their life and trusted you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, there's a lot to be afraid of if you're not in our lives. And I pray today that you would help them just say this prayer to you. Jesus Christ, I need you to save me, to come into my life, forgive me of my sins, and be the Lord of my life from now on. I want you to take me to heaven one day. I, I can't save myself. I can't get to heaven on my own, so I accept your free gift through your death on the cross. Thank you that you are alive, that you rose again, and now you're alive in my life to give me your peace in the middle of problems, to give me your joy in the middle of the pressure. Help me grow in my faith. And then, Lord, I just pray for everyone here who's been filled with fear that you would just settle our hearts in you and that we would not let our fears of the future keep us from living in the present. And we would stop waiting for everything to be perfect before we really have joy and trust you and live for you with all of our hearts. Lord, fill us with joy and peace and purpose and 
Thank you for promising us that you'll build us up and bless us and strengthen us and do miracles in our life right in the middle of the problems and heartache, right in the middle of a foreign land. And then one day you'll bring us to the promised land, that perfect, fulfilling place where there'll be no more pain, no more sorrows, no more war, no more sickness, no more death. We thank you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand, Woodland Church, because we like to sing our way out because God wants you to sing your way out of problems. God wants you to sing your way out of hurt. God wants you to sing your way into joy, whether you feel like it or not. Let's sing our way into certainty right now in Jesus Christ and claim his promises and let him work in our heart. And as you sing, just say, Lord, speak to me even now. God has shown me what to do in the most important decisions of my life while I I was at church and many times singing. God speaks to you and gives you wisdom for the most important decisions in your life when you're at church or you're connecting online. And if you're connecting online, sing. Sing really loud. Even if you're off key. I know I do. People don't believe me when I say that I can't sing at all. When I, you know, I'm really always off key. And they don't believe me, but then when they stand next to me and I sing real loud, they go, man, pastor, I thought you were just being humble saying that, but you're terrible. I go, that's right, but I make a joyful noise to the Lord. I may be what they call a prison singer, always a few bars behind and never can find the right key. That's a, maybe that's what you are. But let's sing to the Lord with all our hearts because singing breaks you out of anxiety and it breaks you into the place of joy. Sing with all your heart and faith right now. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.